What are the most amazing running and hiking routes in the world? Who did them and how fast? Welcome to the exciting new world of fastest known time, commonly known as FKTs. This podcast is produced by fastestknowntime.com, a website where you find out what's new and cool, plus track FKT efforts taking place right now. On this podcast, we'll meet the remarkable athletes who have established some of the best FKTs, ask them how they did it, and find out what it means to them. And we won't waste any of your time. The Fastest Known Podcast delivers great info to you in just 30 minutes so you can get back to your run, which of course is more important. Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast. This is Buzz Burrell. Today we're speaking with Alessa Gadeski, who recently set the FKT for the Long Trail in Vermont. Welcome, Alyssa. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, the uh, your your resume is is different. You know, we have a lot of uh, different people on this podcast, but your one liner here is professional triathlete triathlete who can't seem to shake her ultra running habit. <laughs> yeah, I think you know that sums it up pretty well. I would say for where I am right now in my my athletic career. Well, I, on your website, uh, you it's a massive. Well, let me just do a quick list here. 30-time Ironman finisher, 30 times. That's a lot of Ironmans. 40 ultramarathons. <clears throat> I think the one that stands out is you once did, you finished fourth in the professional field of a full Ironman using all borrowed gear, including a borrowed bicycle. Yeah, that was in Taiwan. Um, about a year and a half ago now, I guess. I had traveled, you know, across the world. I'm I'm based in Charlottesville, Virginia, and traveled out to Taiwan to do an Ironman, and none of my gear arrived. So um, I had not yet learned the the lesson, despite having done so many Ironmans, that you should bring in your carry-on, like the most important stuff that you need. So I, you know, luckily the community out there was amazing, and I kind of had it in my head. I wanted to just race with whatever I could put together, and they helped me kind of find a bike and. Um, you know, I had to, the, it's actually quite hard to find women's shoes in a size nine and a half when you're in Asia. So I actually had to buy some men's shoes and bought a lot of other gear, but you know, I didn't fly out there for, you know, for nothing. So raced hard and came away with fourth, which, you know, maybe not the best day I would have had if I had all my gear, but it taught me a lot about persistence and just doing it anyway, I guess. Right. (laughs) It was a great, indeed, it was a great transition to FKTs, and indeed, a woman's nine and a half in Asia is not going to happen. No, <laughs> it took me about three shoe stores before I finally figured that out, but uh, <laughs> then I, then they directed me to the men's shoes, and, and that, that worked out okay. <laughs> well, that's great uh, improvisation, as you noted, and so that you know, transitions us to your long trail FKT, which you uh, finished up on this year at the end of July. So what made you, I mean, you're based in Virginia, you're a professional triathlete, you have done a number of ultras, but what made you take on the long trail, which is 273 miles long? To be honest, I think, you know, I, when I first started to say that was what I wanted to do and that was what I was going to do, I had no clue what I had kind of put my name out there for. Um, 
you know, I had been fascinated by the concept of through hiking and FKTs really since I learned about Jennifer Farr Davis. And it was, you know, 2012 when I heard about Nikki Kimball on the long trail, but it wasn't until her documentary came out that really gave me some insight into what that was like. And I mean, fascinated is probably the best word that I could use um, because it, it was, it was just, it's so cool to me, you know, and I would just watch it and be like, I really want to do something like that. And I have learned through, you know, my career that I am rarely the fastest one uh, out there competing, but my endurance, you know, is, is my strong suit. People ask, in triathlon, you know, which is my best sport, the swim, bike or run. And I always kind of say none of them, but my endurance is like that fourth sport, which, which gives me a leg up a lot of times. And so I just, I had this feeling it could be something I was, was good at to do kind of a day after day attempt like that. And I had run, uh, one three day race early in the days when I was ultra running, uh, three days of Silimo and, it actually ended up only being two days that year because a runner was lost and the third day was canceled. But, you know, doing that too, I had done, I think it's 50 K followed by 50 mile. And again, my experience was so little at that point in ultra running, but I did quite well. And, um, you know, I was, I was second to Ashley Nordell at that point. And in my mind, I was like, Oh, well, I was second. You know, if you go look at the times, I was actually quite a ways behind her, but it did wonders for instilling kind of this confidence in me that, Again, it was something I was was good at. Um, and and so you we, have uh, you have illustrious uh, mentor or not mentors, but inspirations here. Jennifer Farr Davis, of course, uh, had the overall FKT on the uh, supported FKT on the Appalachian Trail till Scott Jurek took it, and she had the FKT on the Long Trail as well. And you mentioned Nikki Kimball. It was indeed her time of five days, seven hours that you bettered by five hours on your supported attempt this summer. It was, yeah. And I think, you know, just being surrounded by those type, uh, you know, not even surrounded, I had never met any of them in person, but being able to live in a time where social media was, you know, gaining so much traction and you're able to really kind of follow those things through. And then uh, my own coach for triathlon, Hilary Biscay has, done over 66 Ironmans. She's the Ultraman world champion. You know, she's no stranger to kind of dreaming big. And if you put your mind to it, you can, you can do it. So after, you know, doing 30 Ironmans or so, I was in uh, my fourth season last year as a professional triathlete. And I just had kind of a heart to heart with Hillary and said, you know, I think, I need to do something different to keep me motivated and to make sure, you know, my career doesn't end in uh, a season or two. If I keep taking out, I was doing five or six Ironmans a season and I just felt like that wasn't going to keep my fire lit, I guess. And doing well, something well, like. Well, if I may note, uh, Alyssa, Ironmans are a major gear shuffle. You've got to manage <laughs> and schlep a lot of gear. It really is. And you know, part of it does become second nature in a way, and you you just dial it in and have your system and it's okay. But I also am, you know, like I said, I'm not the fastest professional triathlete out there. And so to make money to kind of help me pay my bills, I have to hustle. And that 
for me meant, you know, traveling to Europe and doing an Ironman one weekend and then packing everything up and going to a different country in Europe and doing an Ironman the next weekend as well. Sometimes, um, yikes, yikes. To, you know, again, to try and get those fifth, sixth places and put together some decent paychecks and then come home and, and train a little bit more and then go do something similar. So, well, this I, is a, this is just a glorious life. I, I, are you going to be inspiring many other young women to pursue the life of a professional triathlete now? I hope so. I really do. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's hard, but it's been so worth it. I left a career uh, in corporate America with, I was a business analyst for a wonderful company. It was a subsidiary of AOL. And, you know, for a corporate job, I think that was actually one of the best, but this has been, you know, what I think I was, it's been my calling. That's for sure. Well, let's, uh, let's make a quick comparison here. So you fly to Europe. This is a scrappy lifestyle. Uh, I was kidding in my previous comment, possibly. And then you go to a different continent the following weekend for another full Ironman. And then you did the long trail. So which is harder? The long trail, hands down. It's the hardest thing I've I've ever done. I think it will be <laughs> the hardest thing I ever do. I, I really think that, you know, it will be hard to su surpass that in that category. Gotcha. And is that due to sleep deprivation, time on your feet? walking through the infamous Vermont mud or what makes it the hardest? I think it's a combination of everything you listed. Um, you know, and just that terrain is so variable. Um, it's, you know, everyone asks, well, how much did you run and how much did you actually hike? And unless you spend some time on the trail, it's so hard to describe that, you know, you get one terrain for 400 meters and then you get, a different terrain for a mile and then a different terrain for 200 meters and then 300, you know, it's, it's just so variable and that really makes it very difficult. I think, cause you never really get into a rhythm. You never can let your guard down and relax. It's always going to be another difficult section up ahead. <laughs> Whatever it is. I mean, as soon as it flattens out, you're just going into a bog. So flat doesn't really help that much. Exactly. And surely there was probably some kind of a rainstorm that came in and made that flat just an endless mud pit. And it's just, it's soul crushing at that point when you reach that. <laughs> soul crushing. And the other thing we should note, uh, a lot of FKTs, of course, are set out in Western United States, some of the big famous ones. The Long Trail, in case, anyone's, in case people have not been there, there's no such thing as a switchback. And I will note that uh, particularly in Colorado and in California, the trails were made for horse packing. They were made by horses for stock animals, usually, where it's hunting or other. And that's no such thing back east. So the gradients are completely different. If you're going up a steep hill, they never switch back up. It, it goes straight up. Yeah, and that was definitely, you know, why trekking poles became my best friend out there. <laughs> you, you know, you, you find out very quickly um, how to use them and why they're useful, I think, when, you, when the switchbacks aren't, aren't there anymore. <laughs> Great. Well, let's uh, – here's the most FKTs currently are uh, attempted by males, I'm not sure why that is, but that is the, the statistic. So being a female, does this matter to you? I mean, do you care? Is it different 
being a female doing an FKT or is it just the same thing? I mean, it's it's definitely the same thing. Um, I think this this definitely matters to me, and I think um, I also coach uh, many athletes to also kind of make my living. And so, through coaching both men and women, I've learned a lot about the dynamics there and what kind of makes athletes feel prepared and feel like they're ready to to take a starting line. And I think with FKTs, it's no different. I think a lot of times, you know women tend to prefer to feel very prepared and to put in, um, you know, a big chunk of training, whereas a lot of men I coach are, are more willing to kind of jump into things for the moment or not be, you know, 100% as, as ready as I would, I would say they could be. Um, and I think that is part of it. Um, because FKTs, you know, I think are, still kind of put on the shelf, whereas I wish we could kind of almost dull them down a little bit just to encourage people, you know, like it doesn't matter what I have kind of learned through it is that, you know, it's another thing where the process is going to be the reward. And, you know, whether you get the record or not, you're going to learn so much about yourself, you're going to have to invest so much in yourself. And that alone is a great thing to do. And I think, you know, sometimes people forget and I don't know if, you know, women just don't tend to be as fascinated by it or something, but you can do an FKT in your backyard. You can find one locally, you know, like I'm always just kind of searching around local routes and stuff to see what's out there and what sounds interesting. And it's a really great way to kind of spice up training and uh, mix up your season. So I do hope that uh, more women take a look and you know, whether or not they feel 100% prepared, they go for it, and then they learn, and then they try again, or, you know, or I think a lot of times they would surprise themselves, though, and and, and get the FKT. Well, listen, as soon as we do a TV commercial for FKTs, can we have you be our spokesperson? Absolutely, I'm in. <laughs> I think you just, I, you just ran down the list. You just ticked off the exact reasons why people do FKTs and why the movement is going forward so strongly. Uh, you know, direct quote, from just now, another thing where the process is the reward. And that's indeed the case. A race, you show up, they say go, you go as fast as you can, they say stop, you're done. In an FKT, you're working with your crew, you're working with the route, you're working with the weather, you're having to figure the whole thing out, you're having to learn and grow. And secondly, as you said, you can do one in your backyard. So it, take it off the shelf, it is available to everyone. Exactly. And I think, you know, Given the time I spent out in Vermont, I did spend about eight weeks out there training ahead of time. And so I had a lot of time with just me or me and my dog out there hiking and running. So I was able to kind of, you know, reflect on a lot of those things, I think. Uh, wow. And so the process, was the process the reward? I mean, you probably didn't get paid a ton of money for this. So what what was the reward for you on the long trail FKT? You know, I think that, I had become a little complacent with Ironman. Like like you said, right? I was able to fly to Taiwan and put together a race and do pretty darn well when my gear didn't even arrive, right? And so the reward for me was definitely, one, putting together a crew of people who, you know, I don't think they all knew entirely what they were in for and to, to see them even embrace this process and 
work together and figure it out was really rewarding for me. And then, cause all I had to do once we started was, was keep moving. Right. So they had the hard jobs at that point. And then just to really, I felt that this pushed my limits. Um, again, you know, it was the hardest thing I have ever done. And to really feel like you get to that point, I think I hadn't felt that in a really long time. And so it was a good reminder of what that can be. And, you know, like I said, to kind of think outside the box maybe for that and just keep pursuing some of those those different challenges. Well, you echoed what Scott Jurek said when we uh, interviewed him. Uh, you didn't use the word pain cave, fortunately. So congratulations on that. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations on getting so much out of it. And I'd like to remind everyone, the long trail is possibly the it goes way back. It's um, built uh, from 1910, between 1910 and 1930. So it's got terrific history. It goes way back. So go on to fastestknowntime.com, click on Roots up above the nav bar, and then just type in Long Trail. And you can read all about it. You can read the previous people and find links to you and your terrific trip, trip report that you did, complete with photos. Uh, so like you said, you can find things in your backyard or be inspired now by the likes of Jennifer Farr Davis, Nikki Kimball, and Alyssa Gadeski. It's still pretty surreal to hear my name on that list, but uh, I'll take it. I'll say I'll say it was definitely worth it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I always ask everyone we talk to, what's next? Uh, we note that John Kelly, who is the most recent person to finish the fabled Barkley Marathons is a triathlete and he's not from Utah or Colorado or California. He's from Washington, DC and you're from Virginia. So what's next for you? You're, you're probably not going to want to enter the Barkley Marathons. You're probably going to continue with triathlons, but anything catching your imagination? You know, I would have told you before going into the long trail that Barkley didn't intrigue me at all. And then coming away, it's the intrigue factor definitely is is up there. Um, wow. And if you if you look at the history, you know, again, if you go to fastestknowntime.com and, and look at the history of the long trail and the people who have held records at one time or another, and then you look at the history of people who have finished Barkley, like I feel like odds could be in my favor. Like maybe there's a connection there. Right. Um, Good so, point. And again, you know, John Kelly is a triathlete. He's done quite well there. Maybe Ironman has something to do there too. I don't know. So, and of course the fact that a woman hasn't um, finished the, the full five loops at Barkley is I think something that a lot of women should kind of, take seriously and put our heads together and maybe tackle it together in some way. Um, and so, and uh, it's been many, many years since a woman has finished the so-called fun run, the, the three laps. Yeah. I think Sue Johnston has the, the longest um, with three and a half laps. And she actually came out, she's friends with Mike Hotillery and she, she came out to say hello during my uh, run on the long trail, which was really, really cool. Um, to have a legend like her out there. And so you, you know what's I, really cool. You know what's really cool about uh, Sue Johnson? Actually, there's two things. One, she's insanely good athlete, one of the best ever, and no one knows about her. 
And the second thing is I really wanted her to be on this podcast and she turned me down. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. And I would, you know, one day you should rack up how many people maybe mention her offhand in your podcast recordings and say, we've got to hear from you because she is, uh, I mean, she's a legend. She's just absolutely a legend and she's just, Beyond. And she's yeah, going to apparently remain that. that. Apparently, she's going to be <laughs> remain that way because she's refusing to speak with me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm only she, I'm only half jesting. She, <laughs> she doesn't refuse to speak with me, but she has literally turned down invitation to be on this podcast. She yeah, doesn't, doesn't she doesn't spray. Doesn't yeah. She no. she lives in Vermont for a reason, right? Exactly. It's it's a place to be if you want to be slightly off the grid. That's for sure. <laughs> Okay, so you're not ruling out Barkley. That's that you've correctly noted that you look on the long trail leaderboard, so to speak, on the website, and you know David Horton. Okay, JB, uh, Nikki. That's quite an illustrious field there. Anything between uh, a triathlon in Taiwan and Barkley on your horizon? I think um, I'm actually doing an adventure race, so I will say you know the recovery from the long trail has been something to, to take seriously, um, especially with the sleep deprivation that hit me pretty hard. Um, I mean, to be honest, I was pretty cocky. I would say looking back, going into it, thinking it wouldn't be too long before I kind of felt like my old self. And, you know, I was like, well, I've done those Ironmans, you know, with a ton of travel and not a lot of sleep doing that. And I, I'm sure it'll, I'll, I'd be fine. And I came to find out that this was a, definitely a different animal. And I, again, I don't know if it's just pushing my body beyond um, anywhere I've anything I've done or the sleep deprivation or kind of all of the above. But I purposefully hadn't really planned too much for the rest of the season. And um, just I wanted to make sure I really felt healthy and uh, excited to race something else before I felt pressure to really be training again. So um, and honestly, it's just probably last week, um, I started to really feel like I was sleeping through the night normally again. Uh, that took quite a while to kind of come down from from that effort, I think. So I am beginning to look at things uh, in my kind of downtime here while I wasn't training so much. I did pick up uh, the sport of orienteering. And so I'm going to have a go at an adventure race in Pennsylvania in November. Uh, it's just on foot and then with orienteering. So they say you can do between 12 and 25 miles each day. It's a two-day event. So I'm not sure exactly what that entails yet. I'm still trying to learn about the sport. Um, and then I'll, I'll probably sneak in a, a 70.3, a half Ironman uh, in December, and just kind of work on some shorter running here for a little bit and get some speed back in me. Um, the, the long trail miles were you know, fast, I think, by those standards, but not fast for triathlon standards. So I have some work to do before I feel like I can really be competitive there again. You have to get the cadence back up. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have any thoughts to offer any women who want to go after an FKT? Go do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it really is as simple as, or, you know, looking at the map, doing the prep. I mean, if you want to do it, there is nothing stopping you because you get to pick when you do it, right? You get to pick who comes with you. You get to pick what you bring. You get to, you get to make it your own. And I think that is just, it's so fun to, I mean, it was like 
my own version of the amazing race, right? I could never get on that TV show, but in a way you get to just do that for yourself with FKTs. And, um, you know, I'm quite fortunate to have a lifestyle currently where I could do a longer multi-day attempt, but there's plenty of ones that are shorter, a day or less, you know, a few hours, that kind of thing. And even if you know, you're not going to be too close to the record, just go out and see where you stand. You know, um, I think getting more women out there and just on the trails and, and stuff like that is, is really important. So hopefully, you know, some people will, will do some research and find something that they, they want to take a stab at. If you want to do it, just do it. Melissa, again, as soon as we do our first TV commercial, it's you. I think Nike we're, we're actually did that you. before I did, though. So, so maybe I'll have to come up with something slightly different, but close <laughs> enough, right? <laughs> Definitely. I think you hit the nail on the head. And I thank you very much for speaking with us and sharing your thoughts on the long trail and other FKTs. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. I hope you've gotten some good ideas for your next big run. Subscribe to this podcast so you can find out what's cool every week. It will be delivered to you each Friday. And definitely go to fastestknowntime.com to read the notes from this show and ask questions or make comments on what you've heard today. There are FKTs being reported daily that are incredible, but you maybe have never heard of them. So stay up on what is happening on this website and follow us on Twitter, the Gram, and Facebook. Many people have thanked us for this work, and you can too by clicking support this site at the bottom of the webpage. Tune in next Friday. It's going to be fast and good.